and welcome to Marketing in the Machine. This is Bob, and I've created this show to help marketing professionals make sense of how artificial intelligence and machine learning impacts their craft. My aim is to cut through the noise in a fun and thoughtful way, distilling the latest industry news and giving you actionable insights so you can make sound marketing decisions with a clear perspective. This is a vanity project for me. I don't plan on getting a big deal from Spotify soon. All I want to do is help both of us increase our knowledge and feed our curiosity at the intersection of marketing, AI, and machine learning. My first story in this bad boy is all about rank brain. SearchEngineJournal.com breaks down how Google's machine learning algorithm learns and the best way to feed it what it wants. Roar, Google hungry. For my second story, in Facebook's latest Good Questions, Real Answers piece, not to be confused with any of Zuckerberg's Capitol Hill testimony, uh, the wizard gives you good reason to listen to the man, or rather the machine, behind the curtain. The tech giant breaks down how they use machine learning to deliver relevant ads to billions of users each day. For my third and final story, from The Economist, large corporations are frustrated with the results they're getting from AI projects. Is this a case of overhyped technology or companies that need to learn to crawl before they ball? Story number one, how machine learning in search works. Everything you need to know. Have you all heard of Rank Brain? It's Google's first machine learning algorithm that helps determine the type of content you see on a search engine results page, or a SERP for short. And even though Rank Brain was introduced way back in 2016, oh, the good old days, SEO experts are just now starting to understand how it operates and influences search results. In a piece on SearchEngineJournal.com, Dave Davies goes under the hood of Rank Brain, laying out how the system was trained and how it impacts why your pages rank where they do. Now, the goal of Rank Brain is, of, of course, to provide the user with relevant results, but how does it get to learning that in the first place? To train the algorithm and give it a good starting point, Google will use supervised learning, loading that puppy up on known data with a large array of variables, which produce both positive and negative results. The algorithm will go to town, and then based on that initial data set, the machine begins to understand how to recognize and weigh factors that lead to a positive result. Next, Google conditions the machine with new data, and when the algorithm produces a positive result, it gets a tiny reward. RankBrain will continuously chew through new data like an all-you-can-eat buffet as it seeks to understand the connectedness between different concepts. Here's a really solid example showing off where RankBrain excels. If a user were to search for how to replace my S7 screen and how to fix my S7 screen, RankBrain would know that, in at least this example, fix and replace are synonyms, so it would return almost identical results. But RankBrain still has a ways to go. As before, if you were to query how to replace my car and how to fix my car, it's likely that you have different intentions. Replacing may allude that you're trading in an older vehicle or shopping for a new one, whereas fixing may mean you're looking for parts or a good mechanic. 
if Rank Brain were to use that same thinking as they did with the busted S7 screen, it's likely the user will bounce and force the algorithm to go sit in the corner and think about its actions. Here's why all this matters. When you can closely pay attention to what relevant and lack of usable content pops in the Google system and then give it to it in its preferred format, whether that be videos or images, snippets, shopping, news, etc., you're going to have a major advantage on everyone else who still relies on just generic content and links for search results. Story number two. How does Facebook use machine learning to deliver ads? In a recent Facebook for Business announcement titled, How Does Facebook Use Machine Learning?, Facebook has attempted to demystify how ads are selected and how they use machine learning to deliver billions of ads each day. Let's bounce back and make this fun. Picture this. You're someone who's very valuable to advertisers. You're young, not a wrinkle to be seen. You make a good salary, have a fair amount of discretionary income. You love to travel, and you're into high-margin items like designer sunglasses and jewelry and printer ink. You're the bell of the ball to the advertisers. Facebook's algorithm is going to determine which ads to show you based on two factors. The first is audience targeting and the objective that each advertiser selects. An advertiser often wants to narrow down their target by particular characteristics, things like their age, their gender, pages they like, what city they live in, even someone who's shown an earlier interest but has yet to convert. They visited the advertiser's website already, or maybe they've signed up for their newsletter. The second factor that determines which ad is shown to you is from the results of their ad auction. And because Facebook can't only fill your feed with ads from companies who want a share of your wallet, their system will gather all the ads that include you in the chosen audience set and then move those ads to the auction stage. When the ad enters the auction stage, Facebook's machine learning algorithm gives it a value score. They'll factor how likely are you to take action on the ad and the ad quality. The algorithm looks at your actions both on and off Facebook, things you do on their app, what time of day it is, how many of your friends may have clicked on the ad, and even your location data. In terms of ad quality, they measure ad factors like how often users hide the ad, its use of sensational language that might bait a user or even if it has too much text over the image. And because Facebook has, what, 2 billion users, every time a user clicks on an ad or makes a purchase, their algorithm gets a little bit better at predicting which ads will catch a user's attention. There was no word, though, if I ever stop hounding you about that one pair of shoes you mistakenly clicked on three months ago. Here's your takeaway. Facebook helps to broker the deal between both advertisers and the end user hoping, at the end of the day, to provide value to each. Their machine learning algorithm weighs many factors and continually evolves to determine which ads to show to which audiences. As a smart marketer, you should keep all these factors in the back of your mind before you launch your next social campaign. The more precise your targeting and ad creative, the more likely you'll achieve your campaign objectives within budget. Story number three. Businesses are finding AI hard to adopt. The Economist Technology Quarterly section just published a recent article that's all too familiar for those that work in traditional corporate America. Beep, 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 newsflash. Corporations outside of Silicon Valley are having a much harder time 
defining use cases, and getting worthwhile results from AI initiatives than they had initially thought. Citing a survey from Boston Consulting Group and MIT, which polled nearly 2,500 decision makers, they found that 70% of those who had implemented AI projects saw their programs had generated little impact so far. And two-fifths of those folks with significant investments in AI had yet to report any benefits at all. Wowzers, it sounds like the call's coming from inside the house. Could this be a situation where organizations bit off a little bit more than they could chew and allowed their ego to lead them to implement AI just so their CEO could sit on stage at South by Southwest and say they were using machine learning to solve very game-changing problems? That might be a slight exaggeration, but The Economist states there could be various reasons why organizations aren't getting the returns they expected and how they might take a step back and generally reevaluate their AI projects. For one, and something anyone who has worked in large corporations can attest to, is that big businesses are often difficult to change. Red tape and legal approvals often weigh down the simplest tasks. Unbundling the myriad of potential issues AI could bring upon a large business will wear down even the most eager product manager. In addition, there's a decent chance in large orgs that data may be siloed or that they may not have huge piles of clean data to even access. Pouring more salt on the wound, these companies aren't even in the consideration set for top AI and data science talent, which are often gobbled up by the Apples, Googles, the Facebooks, and the Microsofts of the world. So when it's all said and done, AI may work wonders on problems outside your organization, but middle America might need to temper expectations. To be successful, AI needs a very defined problem to solve, where the result is often yes or no. For example, credit card companies have been able to implement AI into their fraud detection workflow, where the result is yes, this is a fraudulent transaction, or no, this is just Bob up at night drunk shopping on Amazon again. I know a simple yes and no project is very boring. They're not chatbots or flashy automation projects that are complicated and open-ended, but small and boring projects that can easily be implemented into the firm's workflow that start small and have a simple and narrow goal are more likely to approve efficiencies, pay back their investment, and get you promoted. Dollar dollar bill, y'all. Here's your takeaway. AI is hard. And regardless of what the salesperson told you, it's going to take mucho, mucho work across various departments to get something off the ground. Before your company embarks on its first AI machine learning project, ensure that you're not biting off more than you can chew. Narrow your focus, temper your expectations, clean up your data, and make sure you have the right people in place. Lastly, expect that humans are going to need to be there to hold its hands. Patience you must have, young Jedi. Apologies there to any Star Wars fans listening. There you have it, machine heads. Three quick marketing nuggets to evolve your game. Keep this up, and before you know it, ESPN will produce a 30 for 30 on your career. If you heard something valuable today, you don't need to gush all over social media about how these past 10 to 15 minutes changed your life. But rather, all I ask is you hit the share button on your podcast player and text a link over to a single member of your team or someone you know that may get some value from it. You'll look like a trendsetter, and you'll both up your marketing game. Bingo, bango. Thanks for listening to the very first episode of Marketing in the Machine. I'll see you in about two weeks.